Yeah. Welcome to our first regular podcast in a little bit. We kind of had a string of uh, special episodes. This one, I mean, this one's still going to be out some reviews. That too. Um, but yeah, welcome to the United We Nerd podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Brian Saber, along with my uh, co-host, uh, the Mad Mech Monster Mind, Joel. What up? <laughs> very, very delayed response. Generic Damn, those chicken nuggets, man. man. Did you uh, did you forget about the nap after the chicken nuggets? Dude, I, I I totally went to the zone where I was like, man, I'm hot. <laughs> I'm I ate. And I'm, oh I'm yeah, done. it's it's quite toasty for you guys right now, isn't it? Yeah. And yes, today I'm we have our though. special guest Ben, also hey. our base moose on Twitter and on discord joining us to talk about our gaming adventures today and we are going to touch upon vault of glass as uh mentioned before in other podcasts we did this weekend the previous week yeah we doing it we doing it for real before we do any of that let's uh catch up on what's been new with us let's uh start with ben anything new with you in a couple weeks then we'll go to brian and then me um in general or like just in general uh um so I work in the theater industry, and I just got back to work. Well, no one has really in the theater industry been at work for the last like fifteen or sixteen months. So it's good to finally yeah. get back to it. Um, and that's going to be my life for the next three weeks, four weeks maybe. So are you just kind of like getting the theater all like back into shape and like show ready? Oh no, I'm I'm I've been hired out to build and uh, work build the set and work the show for a local theater company okay yeah it's been interesting driving it's 40 minutes there and 40 minutes back each day Ooh. so well damn is there any like recognizable show that's going on or no it is um i didn't know about it at all until i joined the team the musical is called abraham's land and it is uh I have questions. <laughs> it is very topical. I'll just talk about the main uh, the main things that it's concerned about or what it uh, the main things that are involved in the show and that okay. are the main points involved with the show are Israel and Palestine. Oh, okay. So there you go. That's kind of you can kind of already get a feel from that. Totally what I wasn't thinking about. Beyond that, outside of it, I got sucked into, um, because it was on sale, I got sucked into Total Warhammer 2, which is out for a while, and I wanted to play it for a bit. But it was, I think, like, it was, like, 60% off. And I forgot how much those Total War games are a time sink. Is it, like, is it total? uh, The the Total War games are, um... It's when you're there's a like faction uh, mm-hmm. management system um, management system that's very similar to if you've ever seen gameplay of Civilization. Yeah, but then also has the added um, element of real time like strategy um, with their battles. Oh, okay. Yes. 
I know you played. Uh, didn't you play Rome Total War when we were younger? I I've played Rome Total War one and two. I was really big into also Medieval Two Total War, um, and those are the ones I have the most familiar with. Um, the other ones I never played too much, like Attila or Shogun or Napoleon. I know they obviously I know they exist, but I've never played them. They said you sunk a lot of time into it. Do you? How do you feel? like this far in like how how does the game feel to you oh i mean it's so in older total wars like let's say the, the beginning the staple was rome total war that was a thing that was in that that is i feel missing from any of the warhammer or the total warhammer games is when you're attacking a city or a settlement in Rome Total War and even Medieval Total War, um, those are the only ones I can speak of, you would fight like you would, def- like if you're defending, you would defend like at the city walls. And then if it goes in, you'd fight in the city, which are really fun. Those are not in Total Warhammer, any of the games, which I've, I'm bummed, but they have added more systems like heroes and magic and stuff because those aren't okay. present in the other games. Right, so it's so it's kind of like, yeah, they took away something, but at least there's something like kind of it's like yes. ooh, new. Okay, exactly. I dig it. I've never been like really into those games, but I always I always find it interesting to just kind of watch it because I just like look at it and I'm like I don't even I wouldn't even know where to begin. Oh yeah, I play on easy. I am not my my brain too small to uh, <laughs> do anything higher difficulty than that. I failed one campaign on easy. I was like, well, shoot, okay. But the next one, also I wanted Total Warhammer 2 more than the other ones is um, because the faction I care about in um, Warhammer Fantasy was in 2. And that's all I really wanted to play as. Is it the Mer people? No, the Mer people are too new. Um, It's the Lizardmen. They're the best faction. Only Lizardmen from Sultan. Gotta get your reptiles in. Yeah, man, they're reptiles that are sent from the old gods to dis- to kill chaos. Kill chaos. Yeah, kill. Oh, yeah, nice. way before the the war uh, the, the way before the Final Fantasy Origins meme. Oh God, we'll talk about that later. I I wanted to talk about that. Hey, look who it is! So glad he could S- make it. Surprise entrant. Whoa. Uh-oh. Oh. But I walked into my room, to my office, and um, all of my uh, plugs weren't working. Nothing. There was no power oh. in this room. So you say hello again. We everyone experienced a big uh, yep. lag spike. There, right was, a, there, there was a chug a little bit. <laughs> hello, Marcelo. Hello. 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 We were hello. just uh, catching up with Ben. He just got a new uh, Total Warhammer game. Uh, he's been working in the theater. I was gonna uh, shift to Brian ask what he's up to, but since you're here, Marcelo, you haven't uh, been here for reviews. How you been? What's new? What's good? Just up. Excuse me. Wasn't ready for. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. On the hot seat. What have I been up to? Um, I have been up to uh, nothing really. Kind of just doing your your fatherly duties. Doing what you got to do. Pretty much handling all that stuff. Um, I'm trying to think if I've played, been playing any games or anything. 
I haven't. Have you seen anything? Uh, Have you watched anything cool? <laughs> boy, howdy. Um, of course, Loki. Everybody's been watching Loki, I think. Uh, great show. Amazing. Absolutely love every minute of it. Um, watched this season's Handmaid's Tale, which just ended this week, and uh, enjoyed that a lot. I don't uh, know if any of you guys watched it. My wife it. read it, but uh, I heard the book is pretty good, and I think the writer is on board with the show, so... It, I think it's it follows through with the book is what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. As far as I know. Um, either than that, let's see. It's been all kind of a all kind of a blur. I really haven't been up to much, unfortunately. I've been just kind of going through That's normal right. adult life, getting there stuff you know, done. Well, you're, you're hanging out now and gonna have a good conversation. Yeah, we're glad you're here. Yeah, I figure I'll hang out. I'll be able to hang out for a little bit, and then I gotta go do more adult stuff tonight. But I just wanted to say hi and make sure that you guys knew that <laughs> I, I'm indeed alive. Um, go to you, Brian. Well, still been doing the moving process. Uh, I'm the apartment is just about ready to uh, be lived in. Next uh, next weekend's gonna be the uh, the day. Gonna move in uh, big furniture. Um, did get the internet running though, and goddamn, gigabit internet is the fucking best. Gigabyte, megabyte. See, I never got to. I never got to experience like true the future until uh, last week, and I just know I can't go back anymore. <laughs> nice. Um. But yeah. Was it, just a, was it just an upgrade you got from Comcast or is it a different provider? No, I went with Comcast. It okay. was because I, I before what I did before um, we went to any viewings is like the the options that we picked. I like looked up all the internet services in the area and I like looked at what they offered and Comcast was the the best offer. Um, but yeah, it. It was pretty easy. I I did the uh, there's a store like half a mile away, so I just went and picked up uh, the stuff, and I took less than fifteen minutes to set up, and it was running. It's been running great. But yeah, so just been kind of doing the moving stuff a little bit. Um, other than that, uh, pretty much just uh, catching up on some games. I've been I finally dipped back into Valhalla because I still Is haven't it still holding it. up. It's still good. Um, it's just one of those things where it's like it was around the time where there was like other things going on and like Destiny was kicking back up again because of uh, Beyond Light. And then so I just kind of fell off of Valhalla for a little bit, which is fine because single player games like they're not going to go anywhere. So I'm not like worried. But um, I think I've only literally played like 10 minutes of Valhalla past like the oh, tutorial. Shit mission i i think i can safely say because uh, I, I believe i'm i want to say i'm maybe 50 percent through the game i i think i can safely say that i like it better than odyssey did they fix the problem with odyssey with like the um you remember we talked about it that it was like super grindy super hard to like progress did they fix so some of that it's or interesting it because pretty? They changed how you level because you don't have levels anymore. You have 
you have a power level. And your power level is pertained to uh -oh. your equipment and how you upgrade your equipment. So and when you like do like the level up thing, instead of like getting a level, you just get um kind of upgrade points. And you have this big, big fucking tree of just abilities and buffs that you can give um, Ivor. And it's actually really nice because I haven't felt like I've been grinding at all. Actually, And actually, I feel like I've been just gaining levels just doing random bullshit. So I've been able to kind of keep pace with the game, which is very nice. Um, I don't know. I think... I don't know if I'm just biased because the people... The studio from Ubisoft that made Valhalla made Origins, and I really love Origins. So I can kind of tell that kind of detail in Valhalla. Um, I think Origins is the only one I haven't really played good. yet. Of like the the newer Assassin's Creed. I think yeah. it's like a soft reboot. I think it has one of the better stories. It was a lot of fun. It was it was a very like it was a very good story. At least I thought it was. Um, and I don't know. It was just like roaming around Egypt. It was really cool. Like I know a lot of people, not a lot of people, but like there's a majority of um, players that were like, "Oh, I don't really care about Egypt. It looks boring." And it's like I can understand that if you're not into Egypt, like at the smallest percentage, it's probably going to be a boring landscape to you. But like having like the desert areas and like the the pyramids and you go to like certain locations where there's oasises and you kind of you kind of dip into Greece a little bit um just a little not, just a little not too much but and it it's the start of like uh at least for me I don't know if I noticed before but them leaning more into like the mis uh the mystical like mythological history and they start incorporating it more into the story which I thought was they did a really good job with in Origins it was, oh, yeah. There was definitely some really cool boss battles. Um, like uh, Anubis is definitely teased, and eventually you can fight him, and it's pretty dope. There's the second DLC for Origins. You're literally going to the afterlife. Like they are. Do you do you, you fight, fight like the, the gods and stuff? So it's not really spoiling because that's how the, oh. this is how they explain the second DLC. Pretty much something's going on. Like something got disrupted. And so all of these ghosts of like ancient pharaohs are like coming back and like wreaking havoc. And so you have to go to like each temple and go into the afterlife to find them. And then you have to basically put them to rest. And so like Joel so, said, this is where like they're starting just to take the kind of past and um, kind of like mystify like Assassin's Creed in a way. They still without spoiling it, they still make it make sense in the universe. Why, why that's happening. But it's really cool to see like you're in Egypt, like, Oh, you know, you know, there's a bunch of Pharaohs, like historical Pharaohs. And then like, same with Odyssey where there's like the Greek gods. And then with, um, I haven't experienced it too much yet in Valhalla, but I know that there are some, um, Norse mythology, uh, aspects to it um boy 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 yeah i i've been i've been enjoying my time with Valhalla. i think i i appreciate that ubisoft has kind of switched gears and now they're more focused on 
making one game and having it sustain for a while. Um, Because I feel like we'll probably touch on E3 a little bit, but um, at E3, they just announced more content for Valhalla. So they're kind of showing that they're just willing to kind of ride with this game for a while and not so much worry about making a sequel like the year after anymore. So hopefully that will be good. Um, Besides that, I've just been kind of, you know, dipping into the new season of Fortnite, you know, hopping on Destiny when I can. Um, Yeah, besides that, just, you know, moving, getting that ready. What about you, Joel? How's the, how you been? Uh, good. Uh, like you, you know, a lot of destiny, you know, touching on the topic, we'll, we'll talk about Vault of Glass, been putting some time into that mainly. Um, the story's been good, which is a big turnaround. Uh, I know we talked about it before, but like, remember playing like Destiny 1, we beat the final boss of the base game, like, what the fuck is this? Where's the story? And, you know, it's a big turnaround to, wow, I'm looking forward to the story now. Um, yeah, I've been, um, waiting to hear from this other job I applied to. Uh, I got farther in Pokemon. I'm almost at the second to last gym in Pokemon Shield. Uh, I was grinding to catch a Delmise. Was super excited. Got one. It's like a one percent drop rate, so that was annoying. Um, Let's see what else. I'm surprised how rare it is. It's it's such a weird Pokemon. Same dude. I was like, why is it so rare? But it it is pretty cool. Um, Yeah, just same old, same old. Working on music. I mean. I moved recently, but yeah, we're like fully moved in more than a month now, so we're we're acclimated to that. Um, just yeah, getting used to the. It's hotter here now, but yeah, but it, before it was like super windy, and now it's like really warm and dying down a little bit. Getting used to that. Yeah, move. <laughs> what what difference a few miles makes? Yeah, seriously, it's it's warm. Yeah, not like Marcelo one oh nine. <laughs> wherever he is right now. That was ridiculously bad. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, uh, I think that's it. I'm pretty sure I'm forgetting like five things. But yeah, same old, same old. Gaming and having fun. Hell yeah. Um, kind of wanted to touch on because I know E3 just happened and Summer Game Fest just started. Um, I was wondering if there's anything that you guys kind of saw that intrigued you okay <laughs> just because you brought it up and we and i just want to hit it now while the iron's hot so <laughs> last night uh, i was talking with some friends and they they showed me the final fantasy trailer that came out oh and no i expected one thing and i got like <laughs> It's it's pretty laughable the performance, the graphics, the story, how it looks um, of this game that's about to come out. It looks like it's coming out for the 360, and you know about Origin, right? Yeah, and the VA, the voice actors. It looks like it's coming out for the 360. Yeah, (laughs) and the the performance. I don't know if it was just because they they had a bad recording, but they're like, "All right, we're going to kill him." And it's like, this is a little whack for even for Final Fantasy. And I was like, "What is this? This isn't real." And then I was like, "Oh my god, this is real." Do you also hate chaos? (laughs) God, it was. If I'm just telling you right now, if you haven't seen this Final Fantasy trailer, I don't even remember the name. I had it blocked out of my mind. It was like laughable. But I think it's Final Fantasy Origin. Go watch it if you want a 
if you want to see a bad trailer for like a triple A game, I'm pretty damn sure this is a triple A game. Um, yeah, that was oh god, I can't. Strangers, even... Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin. God. I forgot who I heard this from, but I heard someone give it the title Final Fantasy USA Yelling White Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's what it was. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, yeah. I I, I watched the, the Square Enix showcase. They did not need one at all. They could have just stayed home. Them and Capcom, honestly. Them and Cap, it was such it's such like non news. Like, not only did they kind of not really announce anything new besides like the Guardians game, the Guardians of the Galaxy game, but so for anyone that was co that was trying to co-stream, um, Square Enix sent out a few invites to do like their non um, copy like music copyrighted version of the the uh the showcase which consisted of having the guardians of the galaxy trailer have very generic music where like music is kind of part of guardians and they were showcasing like an 80s soundtrack and so it just kind of felt weird watching it have this generic music or for almost everything else it was just um did you guys ever catch any of their Kingdom Hearts 3 trailers where uh, it had half the sound them. effects and no music? No, mm, I don't remember those at all. No, I don't remember that so either. So when when Square Enix announced the, that DLC for Kingdom Hearts 3, they had this trailer for it, right? And the trailer had half the sound effects and no music as to kind of keep it safe for watching i guess so the copyright free version of their showcase a lot of their games just had no music and half cutscenes or half like sound effects and it just looked terrible it was it got to the point where a lot of people that were co-streaming it just switched over to the regular one and was like i'm just going to delete my vod and just you, you know just deal with it it was so bad and it's like it's like this thing was pre-recorded. Would you at least have the time to like bring up a substitute for like the stuff that you're taking out? You know, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't know. The Twitch DMCA stuff is pretty crazy. Like, you can, you know, there's so little that you can get away with these days. It's, it's just kind of insane. It makes it so hard for somebody who, like, you know, is a part of, you know, that's what they do. Can't even like stream like a pre-recorded like trailer no, without play, it like, like twitch hurting their channel fucking sound samplings because some of those are copyrighted i believe those i believe in the disclaimer they put for that um twitch authorized music they do they do do give warnings about having vods that include them and i believe a way people the way most people are getting around any sort of trailers or announcements like Summer Game Fest or E3 is to just not have a VOD of your yeah. streams. And then you just, they'll just record it themselves and then post it on their YouTube in whatever time they're allowed to f- with their Twitch contract if they're a partner. Yeah, it's a mess. But um, that and the Gearbox one, the Gearbox one shouldn't have been. <laughs> I mean, the highlight from the Gearbox one for me was. 
um, Randy Pitchford trying to give Kevin Hart a high five. What? Yes, they were talking about the gear, uh, the new, the Borderlands movie, and I guess there was a small little segment with Randy Pitchford and Kevin Hart outside of a trailer. And there's a moment where Randy Pitchford tries to go for a high five, and Kevin Hart just ignores it. It was so bad. I don't blame him. I don't blame Kevin Hart. Because, like, they were on set, right? And every time there was an actor that was in costume, they, they were blurred out. Because, like, they didn't oh. want... You know, out of all the events that you would want to reveal what, like, these video game characters in live action look like, it would be at E3. But no, no. They, they blur them out. He talked to Eli Roth for a little bit. And that was, like, kind of, like, weird. And then Randy Pitchford just started like kind of walking around the set until he found Kevin Hart. And I was like, this is this is awkward. Oh boy. It was bet. And the thing is, they had two segments like that. They had one at the beginning of the conference and one in the middle of the conference uh, the conference. So it was just like they had that. They showed off the tiny Tina tra- trailer that was shown off at Summer Games Fest kickoff and it was such non-news. There was nothing to tell. There's nothing new. I think what the problem was is that since there's a lot of like the big, the big studios that are normally there aren't there, um, and everything was done digitally this year. I think a lot of the smaller st- like studios were like, "Oh, we could do one. We can, you know, take up a spot." And it's like, you shouldn't have taken a spot. Maybe you should have just put your game on another big showcase like xbox or you know let jeff let jeff Keeley fucking announce your game or something i don't know yeah yeah Yeah. but there were some cool things from e3 Um, oh definitely like there uh i think it was during one of the indie showcases um did you guys see the game called unmetal no i missed that one no. So Unmetal is a a spoof off a spoof of uh, Metal Gear Solid. So oh, hell it's, yeah. It's like like a pixel art, like kind of like almost top down, but not exactly top down, like kind of like action kind of game. And I think there's a demo on Steam right now. Um, there is that you, you could play, but it's pretty much like a sp- like a spoof off of like Metal Gear Solid. So like you have your character named J- Jesse Fox, and he's kind of like the snake, and they have they have um he has kind of like that gravelly snake voice, and it's it was actually it's actually seemed pretty funny. I was watching gameplay of it, and it was it seemed pretty entertaining. And like you're going around like doing like Metal Gear Metal Gear missions, but it has like the touch of like comedy and kind of goofiness attached to it. I mean, one of the I mean, one of the villains is named General X, so I can definitely see that there's just <laughs> leaning into it as much as possible. General X and Grenade Man. Excellent. Oh, what? <laughs> I don't know. It's gonna be a like, Mega Man villain. Like, just like to give you a picture of what we could look forward to with this game. Like literally like there's a point where it's like, cause the whole perspective of the game is that the character, Jesse Fox is kind of being interrogated. And so he's like kind of retelling 
like what went down on his like missions. And so it's like at a certain point for like story plot, he like starts telling like the story of what happened. It's like, that's when I fought grenade man, but I couldn't reach him. So there's a moat and there's like a moat just kind of like appears like out of there. And it's like, yeah. And then there was a spikes and tentacles and they start appearing on the map. And it's like, (laughs) it's like, are you sure that really happened? It's like, Okay, maybe that didn't happen. And it's like takes away. It's like it's like little like goofy things like that that's kind of charming and made me kind of want to play it. It's um, coming to the PS Vita. Wait, what? <laughs> I don't know if this is true, but <laughs> there's an ad for it. I'm looking at it right now. Cool. It's the first thing that comes up is PS Vita. That might be part of the joke too. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. That would be funny though. If someone, if they just like sold Vita copies, like how people uh, make NES games still, that'd be funny. Um, did you guys catch any of the Xbox uh, Bethesda showcase? I watched some of it, not entirely all of it. I think, um, I think I'm in the same boat with uh, other people about. I am intrigued by Redfall, um, even more so now. Uh, be- knowing that it is from the developers of Dishonored, but I still fall into the uh, the trap of that was a cool trailer. There's a lot mm. of bad games that have cool trailers, and so <laughs> I'll, I'm kind of mm. I'm keeping my excitement for it to a minimum, uh, just so j- until I can actually see what the game looks like when you're playing it. But from the premise and from the, the uh, idea of it, I'm excited. I'm trying to remember what that one was. So Redfall is like the Vampire Hunters. It's almost like Evolve with like a co-op team-up oh. element. Almost, I'm assuming. I could be wrong. But it's like they're like Vampire Hunters fighting like enhanced vampires with cool weapons, powers. There's like a robot chicken okay, or dog. Okay, I remember. It lo- it, yeah, Ben's right. It's visually, it looks amazing and fun, but you know, we really won't know until they release gameplay. But I, I was captivated. It's like, oh shit! Well, I'm getting this game. This looks sick. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm on board for Redfall. But yeah, I guess I should be wary as well. If uh, I think it's kind of the same idea. Out. I think it was like the same idea when they had the trailer for Starfall or Starfield. Um, yeah. It's like a lot of people are like, oh man, Starfield looks so great. And it's like, but it's only a trailer. Like, we don't well, know what the, the game trailer is. was using in engine um, uh, visuals. Okay. Well, but still, I, it's just, it's a feel. It's it's a trailer to get the feeling of it. But get your I mean, I've, Bethesda doesn't really stray too far from how their games play. Like, um, all the like Fallout, uh, Fallout and Elder Scrolls, they all kind of follow a general like feel. So mm-hmm. I I can expect like the, how like the the player um, interacts with everything will be very similar to Fallout and Elder Scrolls. But then what are their other systems they put into it? Considering how much more vast of a map I guess you potentially have available to you compared to Fallout and Elder Scrolls. Right. I mean, did they say if did they say if it was going to be for game uh, Game Pass or not, or is it too early to? I'm not sure about Game Pass, but it is definitely just Microsoft's platform. Well, wait, it's made by Bethesda, right? Yes. So it probably will be then. 
Maybe. I don't remember off the top of my head, uh, but for sure, just hmm. Microsoft platform. Okay. I will say, I was hesitant about Starfield. I know it's uh, in-game, but I was like, oh, well, I, I do want to see more about that. So I've been waking, I mean, working on it for so long. Um, I, you know, yeah. It might have just been like the idea for a few years. Then they started, push it back, started. But I, I that I want to see more of because I, I want to like, yeah, it's a general feel, but I want to see what it like. I want to see more. Like I'm intrigued, but definitely want to see more. I feel like with Redfall, I know what it's about with that trailer for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, were there any other uh, Bethesda announcements? They didn't really uh-huh. talk about too many other things. I'm, I yeah, I can't, I can't remember if they... Well, they did talk about some like Fallout 76 stuff, but that's whatever. Um, there was that one game that... I don't remember who is making it, but it was that... It kind of felt like a a Division-like game, but they had like those Venom creatures. Oh, I know what you're talking. I heard about this. Oh, she'll look it up. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, I can't remember what that game was called. But that looked interesting. Um, I am excited for Back for Blood, though. That like I Dude. was already I was already sold with, for that game, but after watching their kind of um, their video presentation on it, I was I'm like all down. And plus, it's for Game Pass, so it's like. There's no reason why not I shouldn't play it anymore. It, it looks fun, and and it, it, another game where you know what it's about, and I'm just like, I'm on board for all this. And the PvP mode, zombies versus humans, and these souped-up zombies, I'm, I'm all for that. That's going to be fun. That's going to be dope. What I didn't realize is that um, not only is it made by the people that made um, Left 4 Dead, but it's also made by the people <laughs> that made Evolve. Oh shit! Nice. It's gonna be good then. Because <laughs> I was because when I when I heard that I was I kind of looked at it. And it's like yeah, I can kind of see I can kind of see some evolve like stuff. the The PvP they showed off was interesting. Um, they showed off a, a PvP mode that wasn't announced yet. It's <laughs> kind of like like Left 4 Dead Two uh, PvP, except um, they're giving both. Like teams, an opportunity to play both sides instead of being stuck with one team. I didn't know it had that element. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and then like they're different like zombie types. Yeah, there's like a kaiju zombie. I don't think that'll be in PvP, but I could be wrong. No, no. <laughs> that's broken. They sh- yeah, they showed off what like their options were, and it's kind of like there's three, like three to four like classes, and then within those there's variations of those classes that do like different things and of course like if you're if you're familiar with left for dead there's obviously going to be certain zombies that have similar abilities like there's going to be one that kind of uh is like a charger that like rams in there with like their big fucking arm and kind of grab you um they have like the bio spewing ones and um what I thought was interesting is that they actually made a zombie that's a combination of the hunter and the jockey. Yeah, so not only will it pounce on, like pounce and attack you, it also like pull you away from your teammates. Yeah, and the trailer, I think one of the coolest ones is that like zombie that was like an alarm. It like alarmed like a horde to come to the group. That was pretty cool. Oh yeah, um, that looks like strictly in PVE, but that looks like oh shit, this thing went off. There's gonna be a lot of that. 
<laughs> I predict. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite announcement. Uh, <laughs> it was a good one. It was a good one. Fuck. Well, that was good, but I'm talking about a different one. I'm talking oh, I about, think I know fucking, talking about <laughs> fucking Jack Sparrow and Sea of Thieves. Oh, yeah. It is that one. Dude, <laughs> oh, it that wasn't... was... Hmm? You're, you weren't excited about Plumbers Don't Wear Ties? The new uh, the new limited run um, release? I didn't see that one yet. Oh, okay. Um, plumbers Don't Wear Ties is garbage. <laughs> oh, okay. It is a garbage <laughs> FMV game. And it is baffling that limited run games is re-releasing it. For physical. There has to be some fan base, I guess. Uh, sure, why not? They're going to lose money on this. I mean, this? probably. Oh, you're looking but... it up, Joel? Yeah. What the fuck is this? I think, I, think, ties. I think limited run games has some money they can waste. Apparently. An interactive romantic comedy. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Fucking FMV games, man. Those were those were weird. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of am sad that it wasn't around when we, or at least wasn't as available when uh, we were growing up. That's a really uh, you know what? Game. I think I think that's okay. I I think I'm I'm cool being resigned from <laughs> from knowing this exists, and uh, I'm okay with you know forgetting it exists. But um, oh, back to what you said, Brian. I am also kind of like uniquely excited, like not uniquely, but like a weird level of excitement for the Pirates of the Caribbean integration into Sea of Thieves. Right. It's like we were expecting like kind of like the Mer people yeah. to be coming up, but we didn't expect it to also like be bringing <laughs> Davy Jones, Jack Sparrow, Calypso, Jack Sparrow. probably. Sounded like they're trying to channel Barbosa as well. The Black Pearl, the Flying Dutchman. It was it was dope. I think I think the skeleton the the skeleton's going to be a Sea of Thieves character. Yeah, new units but, as well, like a ghost thing. We were I saw their fight, like a spirit. That, that was interesting. Oh, oh, that's right. I they I think this Sunday they're actually doing like a deep dive into what's coming in the update. But from the trailer I saw. Um, that they showed off this past Thursday. It seems like we're actually going to be getting ghost pirates to fight. Yeah. Like actual, like, not skeletons, but like actual, like, ghost people. Yeah, I saw that in the trailer. Fight. It'll be interesting. I wonder, it's probably going to still be like sword and everything, but I wonder how like, yeah. annoying they're going to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think it's cool. Um, also, the trailer uh, that they showed also tends me to believe that Davy Jones might actually be a roaming event nice. because because in the in the little clip you see like how how like there's a, the cloud skeletons in the sky they have one for Davy Jones yep green glowing like eyes with those Jones. tentacles looks dope so I'm hoping that means that he's just kind of roaming the regular play area and not just kind of like within the story because I would love nothing more than to just be doing some random ass fucking like quest or task and then having the flying Dutchman just fucking jump out of the, the water right next to us. 
Yeah, man. And we're getting a uh, Black Pearl ship set. Hell yeah. I'm I'm down. I feel about if Davy Jones just being a, a constant um like a constant threat. A constant threat or a constant like just something you can interact with cuz I think it the, all the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff is is really can, will be really fun as like a campaign sort of setting and then carry over some of the cosmetics. But I don't mm. know if I constantly want to be bombarded by Disney <laughs> while I'm playing Sea of Thieves. <laughs> Here we go! <laughs> Kill them all! Oh, no, no, sure. Make, I mean, oh, God, if they added Mickey Mouse. <laughs> um, I just... I don't know. Like, I, I, I want to... I think I'll enjoy it most if it's like, oh, it's something over there in Sea of Thieves I can do, but Rel- but if I wanted to, I could find a way to ignore it. Yeah, it's like you want, like when you want your Disney adventure, it's here. Yes, and, and like keep like the Sea of Thieves in the main area. I get, that. yeah, I get that. I'm gonna guess there's gonna be some overlap for a while, and then they're gonna keep it really separated, just because that Disney, you know, Disney's got to do it big and flex that they're here. That we there's kind gonna of, be some points for kind it's of unavoidable. Oh yeah, it's it's probably it's un- yeah. Considering how much they probably paid, um, someone paid to have that integrated. Yeah, but I don't know. See, Th- Rare doesn't really do a lot of FOMO kind of events with Sea of Thieves, so I don't know if like making it like a limited time like thing to do and then just have it later be somewhere else. But it's like yeah. kind of once they put it in, it's in. It's like once you get the license, there's like no reason why it can't stay. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you look at like even like their tall tales. Like, yeah, the tall tales have been there for a while. How many people do them? Not a lot. But they're still there. Exactly. They're still there, though. So I think they don't like taking anything away. Did you do the last one with this brand? The last tall tale? Did you do it then? I did do it. Yes. Okay. You were there. It was was me, you, Jameson, Fernando. I think that's what it was. Yes. I want to say I've done up to seven. Oh, you only have like one or two. I have like one yeah, more. We should do it sometime. Uh, anyways, Holy yeah. Shit. And that Kraken reveal is pretty dope. We actually see the face of the Kraken. For those who play Sea of Thieves, that was we cool. only see tentacles. And not even under. They don't even animate under. If you go under the water, I remember the first time, like, oh, what's under the water? Nothing. Yeah, <laughs> it's just <laughs> tentacles. Yeah. But I think maybe they'll integrate that, though. We'll actually see the bottom of the Kraken. Then again, it's covered in ink, so who knows? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, but that was a unexpected but welcome surprise, uh, definitely. And uh, I'm I'm just baffled by whoever spent money. Like, damn, like that's it's just a, it's a big deal, you know. I want I want to know how that conversation started. Like, who approached who for that? Because I can't we'll imagine Sunday or Saturday. Because who thought like. For as much people like shit on Sea of Thieves, or at least they did back in back in the day, and kind of pretty justified for what we got to begin with, to think like two years later or two almost three years later that they'd be partnering with Disney for like content for a, what looks like a strong release too, very strong. Yeah. Hopefully, at least we got this outcome instead of the. Like Disney trying <laughs> to like make a half baked pirate game about Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> and they probably, I that's where I think 
I think they approached Microsoft because they have this. Games. They have a property. They're like, okay, here's an easy tie-in, and they might. I wonder if they tried to like, like do some early like brainstorming and on a pirate game. But I guess I wonder if they eventually were just not why. Let's just team up with Microsoft. They already have a well-established pirate game that yeah. is family-friendly. And I wouldn't be surprised if the fact that Sea of Thieves is so easily accessible that made it even more oh, enticing yeah. to do. Because like with Game Pass, you can play it on your console, you can play it on your PC, you can play it on your phone through cloud streaming. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason why to, like, not, like, the possibilities are endless. And especially, like, like we haven't seen it yet. I don't know, like, if the the special Disney cosmetics are going to be a little bit more expensive or not. Oh, well, you know. You know we're going to buy it. I'm just scared. Well, I'm buying all of well, it. Well, I'm going to buy it. Oh, no, they, are, no they already confirmed um, that they're... Oh. Along with the black, the black pearl uh, ship set. Crap. I want to no, know. What I really want is that damn... I want an outfit that makes me look like that crab man. That's part of Davy Jones's crab yeah, man. Probably with three well, easy payments of one ninety nine ninety nine. Crab. We have the crab gear. Oh, I'm all of it. Almost there. Well, we have to yeah. be crab men. Yeah, pillar men, but crabs. Mm-hmm. I want to be man crab. <laughs> Ew, gross. There's Whatever. nowhere. So powerful. So powerful. <laughs> There's nowhere where you can run that I can't scuttle. Yeah, mm. I I cannot run straight. Awesome. Mm. And uh, I, I attribute it to the pandemic and stuff and announcements. Of course, there's Halo, you know, but, you know, Halo is always going to be Halo and what we expect. And the free multiplayer is a great move, but, you know, it, it's Hell yeah. ha- Halo, you know? You hear yeah, it, you but, know you can, but you're going to have a, each per, you can customize the announcer voice in multiplayer now. But why would you want to? It depends on the voices they put in. That's true. If the but drifter the class, is the classic, it, is just the classics. If my if I can have an AI announcer that's like a rude Australian, I'm gonna want it every single time I play. <laughs> you stupid donkey! Oh, yeah. get the fucking flag! Exactly. <laughs> I'd be uh, down for this. Oh, um, but yeah, like it was nice to kind of have like e3 but it's still not really the same it doesn't like i don't know i think like last year with the summer games fest, i think the summer games fest has so much more hype over it now because it was it was so successful last year it's like you really had a few like a few months of just game studios like making their own plans and like doing big reveals but also i guess because it was also they also did the console announcements last year. So that was kind of a big deal. And so now it's just kind of like, like they have new games coming, but then at the same time, like excitement's probably a little down because, you know, how many people have the new consoles? Exactly. That's why you've noticed a lot of, um, so Microsoft is, I think they're fully leaned into, yeah, like here's all these different hardware you could use for our games, but where they're essentially all these games are going to be made for all the hardware and just depending oh, yeah. on how well you want them to run. Sony, I think, was put in the, the pickle of they have all these games that are coming out, but no one, but there's not enough people on, there's not enough people with PS5s to, for them to see a return on like yeah. PS5 exclusives. Like even like Ratchet and Clank just came out. 
I don't. I haven't played it because I don't have a PS5. And yeah. but everything, everyone, I every everything I see on it um, is raving about it, and they're saying that because it's one of the few PS5 exclusive games, it is able and it it is clearly taking advantage of the hardware. Um, mm-hmm. which is kind of a bummer when for like for Horizon uh, Forbidden West and for the next God of War that they're going to be on PS4 I, I wouldn't be able to play them but I feel for the game would just only feel better if it was a PS5 exclusive because oh, there's sure. just so much more you could do with it but it's kind of saddled with the previous hardware yeah, I was listening to a podcast uh, the other day, and they're talking. Uh, they're kind of talking about that kind of situation, and they put it in like this perspective: Okay, so you know, the first like God, like the PS4 God of War that came out like what two, three years ago, like not that long ago, and there's and say if they already announced a second like a sequel for that game and it's supposed to be coming out next year is most likely a game built off of the 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 first one or the it came the out in 2018 one. so i don't know it's it's so weird cuz with with sony and like playstation they've always been kind of like the studio where the, whenever they go into a new generation at least since the ps3 it's been kind of like okay you know like this is the console that needs to come out, or this is the console that you need to get to play all these new games that we're making. But I feel like approaching like the PS5 and then them realizing that it might be a problem, they had to kind of like think like, okay, well, there's gonna be ha- there's gonna be games that have to be for the PS4, and I don't think they were entirely ready for that. And you can kind of tell because if you saw like when the new games are coming out la- uh, at the end of last year, like people were having problems um, either kind of like purchase like purchasing them or you know downloading the correct version or like people got that had PS fives um, when they download their games they were downloading the PS four versions instead of the PS five versions, and it just felt like a whole mess. And then. I don't know, like I don't know exactly what's going on there. Like I can't tell like, you know, if it was just kind of like ill timing that they couldn't control, which would make sense. Or it's like they had plans that they kind of had to fall back on. But then you compare that and then you can compare to what Xbox has built where they've committed to having a shared experience and they still for the games that come that you can play on the Series X and S. They still offer um, kind of like the graphical upgrades for those games. And it's, like in my experience, that hasn't been a problem. Like when they announced like the, the the Series X and S like updates for it, it just download it happens and boom, you have the newer version of the game. And I feel like in my experience with the Xbox, I have had zero problems and I haven't really heard any problems with that experience and then you just compare it to the the PlayStation side and it just kind of looks like it's obvious they wanted 
the PS5 to be going in full force at, at release, but they couldn't meet that deadline. Or they couldn't... Not that they couldn't meet the deadline, but they couldn't deliver fully. And it was not to their fault, though. I don't know. No, it's like none of them... Because, I mean, in the the immense span of time when they're in development and planning everything out, each site, both Microsoft and Sony for their consoles, neither of them could have predicted a uh, a pandemic absolutely shattering any sort of plans anyone had. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I think if if the pandemic didn't happen, um, they wouldn't have they we this whole conversation of like them being forced to make these new games coming out work on their previous hardware wouldn't be had. It would just oh yeah people would have PS fives and you could and that's what you would need for like for Forbidden West and the next God of War. Right. And plumbers don't wear ties. Yeah, you need the you need a PS five to fully uh enjoy the graphical hurdles that plumbers don't wear ties uh is achieving it is truly amazing they've updated all of it to 8k 120 (laughs) fps i can't believe limited run games did this (laughs) i I also just want to say that um like scalpers again like we talked about it with pokemon cards like it just made it worse too like even trying to uh, access uh, or even think about getting a. Pl- I mean, I'm probably not gonna get a PS5 for years, but like, I it's not even like on the horizon, not even within question. Like, same for like the Series S and X. I feel like I haven't gotten any updates recently, like when they're readily available or whatever. It just it goes out so fast. And of course, people gouge the prices. I'm like, God damn it. So, ugh. yeah, because I, I see like every now and again, it'll be like, oh, you know, Wal- like Walmart's gonna be selling some PS5s tomorrow. And it's like okay, and like you don't really hear about it again because you assume that they're going to be sold out. There are have been reports from, I think, from like Canada and Europe that they just have new Xboxes. I think it kind of weird flips between like Series S and Series X, which ones are more popular. But they just that some retailers in those uh, regions just have them in stores. But oh. that's for Xboxes. Um, PlayStation, on the other hand, no way. Like no stores have them just on hand. Yeah, because I feel like the the PS5s would be more sought after, just because I feel like they're just more difficult to find. Well, it's not just that. It's that if you already have a PC or an Xbox One, you're going to be able to play all the games that are on a Series S or Series X. Might not be the sure. same experience, but you can play them. But like, if you want to play Demon Souls or Returnal or Ratchet and Clank. You need a PS5. That's true. PS, they're they're more focused. Well, I guess because that is like their only their only hardware gaming hardware that Sony has is their PlayStation. Are their Playstations? Um, and that's why they put a bigger emphasis on like the exclusives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the the tail end of the year kind of looks like. And go like I know they said that it. The situation for like consoles probably won't get better until next year, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what kind of happens once like the they can able to get the parts so they can make the consoles and have them ship out at a more regular basis. And I think they've their consoles. Yeah, I think they've made the uh, 
kind of like safe bet in previous articles that it might not be it might be a year out before they can regularly supply uh ps5s to retailers oh Oh, well i would like to play ratchet and clank uh i am not paying 900 dollars for a ps5 i i really want to play miles morales but i wanted to save that to be like my my ps5 experience Mm-hmm. And then I'll get like the the cool PS5 games. It's like exclusive games. Excuse me, are you saying Miles Morales is not a cool PS5 game? Well, it's not exclusive. Like I could I like there's nothing stopping me from just getting the PS4 version, but I just kinda wanna I wanna get it for the PS5. I'm probably gonna get it for the PS4 eventually. I've just been twiddling my thumbs about it. Because mm-hmm. Spider Man was really good and the next one Whenever they make it, it's gonna be PS5 exclusive. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna, it's gonna be a while. When's the Man Spider game? Um, alternate timeline. It's already released. Oh man, can I? Okay, I gotta get to that timeline. Yeah, you gotta go in the mirror, yell uh, Rick Cacus five times at midnight, and then uh, a portal opens up. Well, does, does, that, does that time? Does that timeline still have the original Peter face? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no, yeah, it's a different go. Peter face. It's it's Andrew Garfield. They model it after instead of Tom Hell Holland. Yeah. I'll, I'll see yeah. it. Yeah. I'll, actually, I'll they, they actually they model it after Italian Spider-Man in this alternate oh, timeline. Fuck yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Italian Spider-Man. Give me that time machine. Mm-hmm. Speaking of well, machines, let's get into what we were, what we're here for. So, um, a game that wasn't really too hindered by the problems. No, they uh, Bungie adapted very quickly. Um, so, for those of us that love Destiny, it's been kind of they've been building up to this the re-release of uh, the raid Vault of Glass. And if you're unfamiliar with Destiny, so it's a six-person activity where you have to go through a bunch of mechanics, uh, work together, and then you get some really cool loot. And, and specific to that encounter, sometimes it helps with the raid. Some of these items you can use outside of the raid, like the weapons. Of course, the armor looks cool. And uh, it's a reintegration of um, the raid from the first game. I remember when they first announced it, you know, I was kind of like, Destiny 1's cool, whatever. It's like, oh, guess what? This raid is coming. It's like, what? And they showed the trailer. It's like, oh, this is really cool. And uh, for me, that would be my first, like, quote-unquote raid experience i know they have it in wow and other like big uh, mmorpgs but for me i was really curious and then that was the start of my uh raiding experience at least for one two is a, a different story it, i kind of grew into liking it more but uh yeah vault of glass returns um i don't know what how old is it now the original one shit i'm gonna look at uh, it i believe eight it's eight yeah eight years seven Jeez, or eight years i think it's coming up on eight years Ugh. So yeah, <laughs> um, they they brought it back and uh, with some changes to make it fresh and fun. And some of the original stuff is uh, still there. Um, I guess uh, before we get to that, just a little bit uh, for you guys. I don't know for me. For me, this was Destiny was my first foray into like an MMORPG. Um, I know it's kind of like a loot, you know, loot shooter ish. But was that it for you guys? Did you guys play like WoW before Destiny or anything like that? Quick answer for me, no. Like, Destiny was, like, the first kind of raiding experience for me. 
I don't think I've ever touched an MMO per se. I mean, I might have like looked at World of Warcraft once, but I'm going to call you out, Joel. Are you saying RuneScape is not oh an MMO? Oh my god, I forgot about RuneScape. <laughs> Are you, did you forget he RuneScape? Is, he, he, he pulled up the tapes. <laughs> how dare you? The RuneScape Fucking- uh, oh my god. How Fucking dare you bash on RuneScape that much? I don't think there were any raids <laughs> or dungeons in RuneScape, but there I'm pretty were... sure that no, was... The, what they had, you reminded me, they had this thing called Sieges. It was a PvP. Mm. You'd have a castle of one team versus another. Uh, you could do quests together. I so there know. you go. Wow, that's right. I did play a lot of RuneScape. That's funny. But to kind of like agree with what you said about first foray into uh an mmo yeah it's definitely also my first deep dive into one and also and kind of a weird thing because even today there there are other mmos but there are no like first person shooters that use heavy team composition to beat bosses yeah yeah none that i can think of no, I mean, good, believe me. I think we fall. There's been a lot of the long stream of oh, Destiny killers. This is gonna be it. <laughs> Dead. Oh yeah. Let's see. There's a- Anthem. Um... Anthem had one free DLC, and it was a team of was it four people, and that yeah. was their like we're gonna try, and it was just a long like a long by comparison a long strike. It was cool the first time, but I was like, where's the rest? You know, it's like, this was something that they planned to... Okay, okay, we could do a whole shit session of Anthem, but yeah, Destiny Killer, no, it killed like itself. we haven't already. Yeah, right. Yeah, if anything's yeah, gonna Anthem. kill Destiny, it's Destiny. Yeah. Okay? But I, I will... I So I was excited for Vault of Glass coming back. Um, I did... I, I played it quite a bit in Destiny 1, and I was... And then... Shortly before it got re- it got released into Destiny Two, I looked at some like some people playing it for nostalgia's sake, and constantly looking back, like, wow, their raid design got much better over the years. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I'm that. glad they they didn't completely change Vault of Glass, but they updated a lot of the portions. Um, to make it not feel because in destiny one the vault of glass in that was a lot of like especially in the mid section where they're the kind of like mid boss the build up to it was a lot of just stand there and shoot like hordes of uh hordes of enemies but at least with this they made a lot more interactive with and then we we all like there's the, the joke of the of dreading wyverns being put into uh the raid but i've it definitely breaks up and adds a little bit more intensity to all of those yeah. moments where it might get a little dragged on and stale like imagine the segment of the where you have to defend the three conflexes imagine how kind of boring that would be if it was just the normal like normal enemies no overload <laughs> but no, no overload, overload no big wyverns yeah. And it would just be like, okay, I'm just standing here. I'm just going to do this. But then the Wyvern's like, oh, I actually have to, like, think. Yep. With Rem- the fanatic remember, pulse, too. Remember back 
back in Destiny One, where like Minotaurs felt like such the most intimidating enemies, and yeah, and then like, like, oh, Minotaur, okay, yeah, like the Done. Wyverns come in, and then you're like, oh, okay, oh, thank goodness, the minute it's just Minotaurs now. Yeah, <laughs> all oh, right, that's counter with the Templar. Yeah, minute they send you like twenty Minotaurs if you don't leave them if you leave them unchecked. Um, yeah, I will say, I just wanted to bring it up. Um, for this one, I wasn't a good raider with the first Destiny raids. Um, I'm looking at my old raid report. I only did seven runs of Vault of Glass. One of them was the hard mode, where I finally got the the faded class before it was nerfed. Um, my experience with raids in the beginning was awful. I was literally backpacked. I For Vault of Glass, I barely remember contributing. I was probably like told what to do, and I was still asking what the fuck is going on. And I was I barely remember the first, like, run. I remember completing it, like, whoa, that was cool. But I honestly don't remember if I contributed much. Or if they were... Then again, the design was different. It was easier to get away with that. Um, but, yeah. yeah, at least for me, like, oh, geez, I, don't, I barely remember going through that fucking raid. But, um, but then when you, like, think about it, like, compared to Destiny 1 and 2, unless if you're, like, really into raids in Destiny 1... There was really no need to like grind out as much as you needed to to get to the level that would make the raid easier. Yeah, and it, and like if you had like a good enough group of people, you could be the the one backpacking along and kind of like experiencing the raid with like min like minimal problems. Where I think with the updates for Destiny Two, and especially just having more to do that allows oh, yeah. you to kind of kind of keep up with the people that are like hardcore raiding. I think that also just kind of like overall the like like Ben said earlier um like they've just gotten so much better at making these raids interactive and more enjoyable and more cha like challenging in the good way. Definitely. Um, I know people really love King's Fall. I had the like kind of the worst experience with raiding in Destiny One. Um, I had teams that were bad, toxic, didn't know what they're doing, you know, didn't want to help explain, and you know, people quitting at the minute a mistake happens. That's just the cut part of the Destiny raid experience. But it's just like, oh, it just it was just a pain in the ass. And I know a lot of people had really good experiences, but you know, maybe because I. Like, we weren't raiding a lot also. Like, it, we weren't running it together. As Like, I had to look for teams, and that was just, ugh, ugh. Like, that was, like the period of that was, like, the period of time where, like, Destiny was starting to kind of fall off because there just wasn't much to do. And I, Kings, was King's Fall still under active? Wait, wait, I, I, were you saying around King's Fall, Destiny 1 was falling off? No way. Taking King was the probably the the most uh revered uh dlc for destiny one by far it's like um their version of forsaken it definitely oh, yeah. cemented its place in the in the show i know i know for sure i know for me i was kind of like putting destiny aside for a little bit during that time because fun fact i just remembered um i've actually never gone through the king's fall raid all the way through I've only jumped in at the last portion to 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 complete the raid. So I I haven't even seen all of King's Fall to this day. 
Well, they'll probably bring it back and make it funner and better and flow better. Um, <laughs> I, I, anyways, back to Vault. We can talk a little more about the raids. I asked, actually wanted to ask you guys um, if you guys had, like, what are your favorite encounters in the vaults, old or new, like, with the changes or not. But for now, let's just say the newer version, you guys have a top three or maybe just one favorite encounter. Um, I'll say for me, I'll start off, um, I actually really enjoy now, um, I think Templar, it is frustrating, but it is pretty fun. Um, I do like uh, the Gatekeeper one right before Atheon. That one is, I, I think, pretty enjoyable and fun. And they change up just a little, but enough to make it enjoyable. And uh, Complexes, it, it's, it kind of, I feel like it captures the Destiny experience pretty well. There's a lot going on. There's still mobs. There's stuff you have to handle, and you have to pay attention, but not like, it's not a, an unforgiving encounter. Like some of the previous raids in Destiny 2. Like, there are some things that's like five seconds off, done. Nope, wiping. Um, there are some of that. It, I mean, there is some of that in Vault of Glass, but it's, it's part, you know, it, it makes sense. Where other ones, it's like, it's like frustrating. You get to a certain point, you can't even recover. I think, I mean, I, I think it's the Atheon encounter is my choice for the one I like the most. Um, mainly because it's the most engaging, um, there's the most things going on. And aside from obviously the payoff at the end of that encounter of actually beating the raid, um, I feel having that your last encounter being the most engaging, but not in like a kind of trotting or punishing way, um, makes sense in a raid. Like you want mm -hmm. your last encounter to be like, okay, we, this is like everything we're doing from all the other previous encounters added up. Um, I mean, like, and what I mean, like, not dreading or like going on too long because like the old the discontinued ray uh raid from destiny 2 spire of stars was way too much engagement way oh, too yeah. much going on literally eight this, steps to two boss damage yeah uh. and it's 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 a little detract detra or taken away or stepping away from vault of glass when you mentioned um when you're talking about king's fall i feel king's fall that that final boss room had a lot going on I feel Spire of Stars had more going on for a less enjoyable raid. <laughs> like that boss room <laughs> in Spire of Stars had more to do than you actually had in King's Fall for the final boss. And that boss room was a lot going on. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with that. What about you, Brian? What's your favorite encounter from Vault of Glass? I kind of have to agree that like that whole last portion is a lot more fun than I remember it being. Even like the 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 step before Atheon comes out, I think was all, was pretty fun. Although I do have to like give like like a close second. I know it's like the most unchanged, but I kind of appreciate that it wasn't changed. The 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 Gorgon room. Oh, the the Gorgon maze. Yeah, I I appreciate that it was mostly the same. Only because I just remember in Destiny One us spending so much time in that room to like get the timing down just to get through and the fact that we pretty much just already knew that strategy and we were able just to kind of like get through like there would be a hiccup every now and again if someone you know made a, a loud noise but like i don't know it, it it's the most different i think a lot of other raids feel as far as kind of like 
you're not supposed to shoot anything and you're not supposed to be like action packed. You're supposed to be like stealthy and you're supposed to like sneak your way through the tunnel, like the little cave to get through. So that's like, that's like kind of like an honorable mention besides like Atheon and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Gorgon's gaze. Um, I'm going to ask, uh, Brian, did you ever get the Vex Mythoclass in Destiny 1? I think I got it after it got debuffed. Or after it got um, nerfed. Oh. So I didn't really use it that much. Um, it was cool to like just to say I got it. But at that point, I think at that point I was like, I was full into just being the Red Death person. Like, I loved Red Death so much. Commendable. So it'll be cool to see it again. <laughs> what about you, Ben? Didn't you get it post nerf too? I think I got it right after the nerf, or either either around. I got it around the time that it got it that it received the nerf. Um, I still found it very enjoyable. I remember re- constantly being on the receiving end of it um, in Crucible. Oh yeah, I had it for the two weeks before they nerfed it. And Crucible was fun. You oh, <laughs> really felt so powerful. It literally melted anything. I was having fun for once in Crucible. That was kind and of a too. bummer. They didn't keep the same sound from Destiny One oh, yeah, for the Vex with the class in this. Oh, yeah. they didn't. No, it yeah. doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't have this like the memorable signature sound in Destiny One. It's a little. Um, it's a little more subdued. Oh, I know, right? It's That's like, oh man. It's overall, it seems I because apparently a big thing is that is it has a very low drop rate. Uh, really, like even compared to like other like raid exotics. And from what I've seen people talk about it, that it feels a little like not just sound wise, but also like how it feels is a little underwhelming. I think that's probably just because they'd rather lean way hard into underwhelming than anywhere close to how bad it was when it first came out in destiny one <laughs> not make the same mistake oh no way <laughs> should have kept the sound effect at least I feel they've done that i feel actually i think they've done that with a lot of the returning exotic weapons from destiny one they've made them not feel at like like hawk moon was really like really strong in destiny one and they really reined it in for destiny two mm-hmm I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense because it's like you don't want old weapons to overshadow all the new ones that they're making. Yeah. But still, it's kind of unfortunate because like you, you get those weapons because you have the nostalgia from Destiny 1. So uh-huh. you want to kind of have that, like relive like the time you used it. So, But I understand. I understand why they probably did that. Yeah. And of course, yeah. I imagine we've... So there's de- there's definitely the group of people that are don't feel um, happy or good that they're bringing stuff from Destiny 1 back into Destiny 2. And and I understand that. I think people always want new. They don't want to like think about the past. They want new, new, new. But maybe that's me as a shill for Destiny. I'd rather... Th- so, I think these people don't look at Destiny... There's nothing being ever added to Destiny 1. So, whenever... The argument is made, oh, just go, if you want it, well, it's like, why are you bringing it to Destiny 2? Just go back to Destiny 1 and play it. But 
I why would I want to go back to Destiny One when there's there'll never be progression and I can never bring these weapons forward into any new content Brunchy brings out for the game. Sure. I'd rather and then so if they bring back stuff from Destiny One, I'm like, cool, great. Now I can use it on all those other things they're gonna put into Destiny Two. It's and like vaulting. other than SRL. Yeah. Other well, than yeah. SRL, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, other than SRL and some very special exotics. Um uh armors and weapons. Like, yeah, I'd rather have all this stuff like help in their total progression of the game. Mm-hmm. And that's where like like yeah, I can go back to Destiny One and play Vault of Glass and get a Fate Bringer. Cool. It'll live in Des- it'll live there forever. Or I could be happy that Vault of Glass is coming back and now oh cool, now I have Fate Bringer to use on this in all these uh better designed activities in destiny 2 along with right. wells missiles yeah there's just a whole <laughs> lot of things that are okay there's some things there's a lot of there's some like mechanics i miss in destiny 1 but i but it seems like with the introduction with vault of glass being part of it with their uh content vault thing it seems like they're dipping more they're more willing to dip back into destiny 1 for inspiration on them on things Right, and Vault of Glass was like our. Oh, I guess we the moon coming back was like the first instance of them bringing stuff from Destiny, like one, like besides just like exotics, but actually like destinations and activities. Yeah, um, I remember. I remember when when that happened. It was just kind of like, oh man, it's like it's it feels the same, but there's they add just enough new to make it like, oh, all right, you know, yeah, let's go, exactly. We discover the moon and see what's different mm-hmm. about it. And it was that kind of nostalgia trip in Vault of Glass when you load in and you're already in Venus, like in the oh, normal yeah. opening encounter of uh, uh, forming the spire. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it makes me just want to go back to Venus even more. Right. Because that was one of my favorite locations in Destiny 1. And it's like before that, it's like, well, I go back to Venus. There's like nothing to do there anymore. And it's like now. Yeah, like, yeah, to- I, I like. If someone could say, like, oh, just play Destiny 1 if you want to go back to Venus. I'm like, no, 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 no. I want the game that's being expanded on to have the stuff from the game I have nostalgia for. Right. Yep. Do you think think after a certain point of kind of reutilizing Destiny 1 um, content, like, do you ever see Bungie just being like, okay, I think it's time to pull the plug on Destiny 1? Oh, it's hard to say because we have, it's hard. I, if I was a, if I was a betting man, I would say, because Bungie had announced their next three big DLC. We have Witch Queen, we have the other one, and I think we have Lightfall. Right. And I think after Lightfall, when they try when they like go in a new direction, I don't think Destiny's ever going to end. Like I think they've even mentioned that Lightfall is the end of their first saga of Destiny, and I think then there might be like, hey, these servers are going down. And not, uh, one more, another thing I think about is, oh man, I think the bigger another bigger question is when do they stop supporting previous? Con- previous generations of console 
Xbox Ones and PS4s. My Xbox One? Because <laughs> they eventually did that. They they eventually did that for um, Destiny One. They stopped supporting the 360 and the PS3. That's an interesting question because then you have to think about um, the differences between platforms. Because, like with, for example, for, with PlayStation, there's a lot easier like seeing the difference between PS4 and PS5. But with Xbox, they share everything. So yeah, could but you re- could you really close down? Absolutely, there is a huge like gaming. There's a huge. There's a quite a gap in the performance between an Xbox One and a Series X, as this as there is between a PS4 and a PS5. Um, and so this brings in this the whole removing past hardware um, support goes into why they're doing the Destiny content vault. Like the reason why we got Vault of Glass back is because they took a bunch of stuff away because the game was getting too difficult to run on at the time at that time current hardware, right? And so at some point, if you just cut off the previous hardware, and this kind of tails trails back to the discussion of the PS5 or Sony deciding to make their upcoming games also work on PS4. Is that if you cut off the previous generation, you your game can just do a lot more. That's true. Yeah. And so if they cut, so if Bungie decides to eventually cut off the PS4s and Xbox Ones, think of like what they can put into Destiny if they only have like hot, like equivalent P, uh, PC hardware and two Xbox Series Xs and PS5s, the yeah. limit gets much higher. The possibilities are a lot broader, yeah. Exactly. So I want to see 4K Destiny One. Oh God. Stuff God. in Destiny Two. And I guess that just brings a case of um, I know they probably won't, but do you think at that point, like when when Lightfall comes, um, do you think that they would continue on with? Destiny 2, because we've already kind of seen it already with like their expansions. You don't really see them calling it like Destiny 2, um, you know, um, Beyond Light. It's just like Destiny Beyond Light. Yeah, I think I, I think at a certain point, I think I agree with you, like when Lightfall happens, that they might just drop the, like officially drop the 2 and call it something else. Like I can imagine, like they would cut off last gen from the from the content uh lineup and then from there they just kind of do i don't i don't think they would do like a whole new like release but they would do like a big huge cleanup of destiny and then that's when they would just shift it to just being destiny so like yeah, there's just um, destiny that, that can easily coincide with um if they if they ever turn off servers on destiny 1 Right. They can just be like, okay, this we've they've officially retired that game, and now what Destiny Two was is now just Destiny. And that's all it is. And this could be even like even more cemented if they just rolled more stuff from Destiny One into Destiny Two at this point. Be like, hey, look how homo- like this is like a homogenized version of both these games, and now it's just Destiny. That's all it is. Like if. If they were to if they were to just start bringing back more and more of the past content, I wouldn't be surprised if 
that day comes where they do kind of just drop the last gen and it's only just like with the current generation now with the more possibilities i wouldn't be surprised if they just start bringing back and it's like hey mars is back or you know hey titan's back oh you well know, i think they have a story everything. reason i think they have story reasons why those don't come back unless they have story reasons to have them come back right or just like have more without taking away. Yes. Rehire Peter Dinklage to voice <laughs> Ghost. The Nexus. I want the same. It's all I want this, Yeah. Uh, I want the same, like, kind of dissatisfied, monotone delivery. You killed he a had. God before. Yeah. Nolan North, get the fuck out. <laughs> and out. Dinkle no, he's your back. other ghost. You have, like, kind of, like, you know how, like, the old cartoon of, or the old adage of, like devil on one shoulder, angels on the other. Uh, Nolan North is your oh, angel God. ghost, and then Peter Dinklage is your devil ghost. I imagine like the Peter Dinklage one is just like a busted up like original ghost. Yeah, exactly. And it's telling you all the bad things to do, and then you start, and then you get a dialogue tree. It yes. Starts talking about the wizard on the moon. Yep. The wizard. Oh no! As soon as di- as soon as soon as. Dinklage starts referencing Wizard on the Or oh, no, no, I'm thinking of the song that's that with that uh Shaq sings. Then it's already bad. <laughs> Wizard on the Moon. I do um, like that with Vault of Glass they put in the Legends tab. So okay, it's kind of clear they're gonna put more Destiny One raids. Yeah, in. definitely. Um, I was gonna actually ask you guys. We talked a little bit about Vault of Glass, but as far as raids go, what do you want them to put in next if they were gonna bring back something? From one, and then we could we'll go to two. Is there a raid you want them to bring back from one? Uh, I am. I feel strongly about Crota's End, but I also understand that is a very short raid. Um, it is closer to what Destiny. It's closer to the dungeons in Destiny Two than it is to like something like Vault of Glass or um, even Deepstone Crypt. But I think that gives them room if they want to. If they could. I think all you have to do to like really make Crota's end feel more like a raid, if they just found a way to like squeeze in or fit in one encounter, one more encounter in the, uh, I think that'll be enough to like kind of solidify like, okay, no, this is a raid. That's just gameplay wise. But I think cinematically and like the experience of like going into the hell mouth and then fighting Crota with his, this, his soul behind him. I think that's really cool. I, I kind of agree because I feel I feel like it for me like Crota's End was probably my favorite Destiny One raid. As as tough as it was to begin like at the beginning when it came out, it just I don't know. It felt so enjoyable because like you had you had that kind of different objective with the beginning where you had the you had to run through and light light the lanterns to survive and not get slowed down while the a horde of thrall are just kind of like chasing you from behind. And then um, I'm trying to remember what the second encounter was. That was the, the uh, yeah, yeah, build the bridge. Which most people like, just, I still don't even know how to do it yeah. legit to this day. Oh, the legit isn't too hard. No one ever showed me, so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> then again, you didn't raid much in Destiny 1, which you've already explained. So Yeah, yeah. I did do a flawless of Crota's End, though. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. With the cheese. <laughs> I know like a lot of people will put like, Wrath of the Machine 
That's um, what I would do. I, 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 there there are moments. Die. There are moments that I didn't play Wrath. Of, I think I only have one clear on Wrath of the Machine. I didn't play it too often. Um, but I do understand there are the moments that I do agree are really fun, like the the bridge section. The bridge section with the giant robot that you have to re like essentially fix. Um, that's so neat. And also, like, there's the what was the boss? There was the one encounter where you had to shoot the TV screens. Oh yeah, that was, oh yeah, uh, that. I remember that. <laughs> that's right before the Zamboni. Uh, the Zamboni. Fuck, yeah. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, where you had, like you had to carry back the parts to fix it. Yeah, 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 and if you got if you didn't get in the door in time, you died out on the outside. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shoot your TVs. Yeah, I barely remember that shit. I I place Wrath for me Wrath of the Machine is when I finally started to get it. I was like, oh, this is what we do, and it was for me it was fun also because I got Outbreak per, uh, Prime and people helped me get that. But that for me was a fun, and I finally got the last encounter down. When you're like, oh, do you have Dark Drinker? Okay, you're going to slash at his feet and jump on his body. I was like, what? And then just, I did it. It was pretty fun. But uh, I hope they bring back Wrath of the Machine. But I have a feeling that they are going to bring back, of course, their the game that are the, the raid that everyone loves, and that's King's Fall. And um, I think this time I'll be ready for it, especially because uh, the exotic that I think that's going to be tied to it, they're going to bring back. Uh, um, you think Jim Alice will come back? I think so. it wasn't game breaking. It was it was fun and reasonable. It was kind of it was punishing to use, honestly. Yeah, I guess yeah. With Wrath of the Machine, because uh, all raids have an exotic tied to them. Yeah. Well, no. Well, yes, all raids. I won't like. I won't think of raid layers, but all raids have an exotic tied to them. Well, no, Crota's end well, didn't. No, it didn't. It did eventually. Oh, that's right. It did. Necrochasm was part was attached to it. That's right. And later on. Is there one for Leviathan? I don't remember. I don't think so. Uh, a Legend of Acrius was the oh, raid exotic. Yeah, it is. Love that gun. But yeah. Um I want to see Wrath of the Machine, but they'll probably bring back King's Fall. Um I kinda wanna agree because we technically already have a version of Outbreak Prime. Yep. Yeah, so it's like what do you do? Unless they make a new one, but I don't think they would do yeah, that. Yeah, they're gonna. Yeah. I okay. So uh, King's Fall isn't my number one, but I will not be like bummed if. It, I mean, honestly, yeah. if any of the Destiny one raids come back, I'm not gonna be bummed. Yeah. I would be bummed if they brought back like <laughs> Spire of Stars or Eater of Worlds, <laughs> the raid layers from <laughs> Destiny two. I'm like, why these? Why didn't you bring back the best one, Scourge of the Past? Oh no. Uh, yeah, Scourge of the Past. That was definitely the funnest. Uh, Raid, I, I did, uh, yeah. I, I want to say, I almost said DSC is more fun, but it became not fun for me. Um, well, like, yeah, yeah, when they when you keep getting denied something in an encounter, yeah. you kind of lose interest. So then I'll ask you guys now, what raid do you want to see return that we've done before in two that's now vaulted? Out of Leviathan, yeah. Eater, Spire, Scourge, Crown, which do you want to see? There's six to choose, or Bro five. Crown to choose in the garbage. Um, it is. <laughs> yeah, no. Honestly, so Scourge of the Past I, is so was just so enjoyable, and I think now, like people say, Scourge, like, oh yeah, Scourge of the Past is a raid. It has the same amount of encounters as Crota's End, but for some reason, Crota's End gets the dungeon treatment. I know you're not physically going as like at the disc because I mean you have it's like the. If you think of the physical location, like the physical size of Scourge of the Past, it's a big raid. 
because you have the whole. But like Crotozenus isn't as big. Well, it's hard to measure it, but like they're the same size raids. I'm like, okay, but Scourge of the Past for sure. And I am, I don't know. There's, I am soft spot for the Leviathan only because how different it is than all the other raids. And also such a character fucking. Um... <laughs> for <they're> strong. <laughs> like, I, don't think, son, I think cup, I don't... dog. Oh God. But like out of all of like the raid bosses, I feel like um, Leviathan just had like the most interesting boss, just because it felt like a like it became a character. Yeah, you know. I think the thing why with Leviathan, it's also like my mind it always sticks out because of color palette. Because even in like like some things are dingy, like not really dingy, but like. If you look at Vault of Glass and you compare it to like Last Wish or something, they all actually it's a kind of a similar color palette of like grays, blues, and stuff. And somewhat with DSC as well, you have a lot of whites, blues, um, reds, cool colors. But then you get to Leviathan, it's all this gold and purple, it's all this opulence. And it's just, it's such a unique thing to go through compared to all the other raids. Yeah, because like you, you look at it, and it, the, like Leviathan just has so much variety. Because like you have, you have the courtyard. Yeah, you have you your lobby, through, and then the mobbing, the mob. Yeah, and then you have the like the little like forest area where all the the dogs were. Uh huh. Yeah. The, the, the time ever, that... <laughs> <laughs> the the truly reliable mechanics of that dog room. The pleasure the, gardens. The, the, the reliable unreliability. <laughs> of yeah. That you know how many area? times we fucked it up and just cleared it? It's like, oh, fuck it. Whatever. It's, it's, go. it's fucking yeah. go. All like, right. We're doing it live. <laughs> it's like, and fuck then, it, whatever. And then from there, you have the fucking grotto. Yeah. The royal baths. The royal baths. bathers. And then from Thick there, boys. you pretty you pretty much become a, a contestant on Callus's fucking game show. Oh man, uh, the Gauntlet is one of my favorite raid encounters of all time. I love. I, so I can goofy. say so for most people, fun. people hate Gauntlet. It's well, yeah, the, because you're not because sh- because people like shooting the big guy as a bit as a mid boss. I'm like, no, no, no. I want to play a game show. It, it's literally pitting <laughs> each other against each other at one point, and it's. And it's coordination. It's literally like the I think the essence of a game. You're coordinating, calling. Yeah, out. It's, like you have to be a team. There's yeah. no other way around it. Yeah. So you're with coordination. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I think the more coordination that you have in an encounter, I think that's what makes it more enjoyable. And that's what makes me. I'm not thinking again about Atheon. Why I really like in, the encounter this time, because how they change the because the, the, in Atheon you have the Oracle mechanic where original Destiny 1 it was just you had to just shoot them as they popped up when you got teleported yeah you moved as a team but now, and you, but now it's sequence. but now it's like oh you have to have the communication and coordination between like the one room and the other room and like Leviathan exactly like Leviathan um so I think that's why that bot I think as annoying as the suck room is in Leviathan, <laughs> it's still that nice level of coordination. Because that's I, I always chose throne room for Leviathan because I I I didn't care too much for the suck room um, where you oh, had to dude, avoid this the ion. suck room. I hated it, but it, I loved it. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's just. 
but it's also like when you're in the throne room, you're like, I, it's like you're just like hoping, like I hope they get it. Yeah, that's how it feels like an <laughs> Atheon done. now. I hope they shoot the oracles. Oh, we're done. <laughs> like you tell them, you tell them positions like, well, well, maybe. Yeah. And then, and and then, <laughs> the people in the throne room, they'll just hear like a, fuck. Oh yeah, it's like oh no. There's a lot of that. Still with lots of class. Uh, not too long ago, my friend, who's also named Joel, he um, shot the wrong oracle. Oh, at a it last was our- run. We the boss literally had like five percent health, and he's just he's oh, here. No. Fuck. <laughs> and it's like oh well, yeah. good night. Good night. <laughs> oh no. And, and he texts. Hey. He's like, I am so sorry, bro. I was like, you're never gonna f- forget Oracle Four now. He did, but uh, that's beside the point. Um, raid experiences for everyone. Um, oh god. Uh, yeah, this this shit. Um, yeah, I don't particularly miss either. I wasn't bad at it, but it there's nothing. I didn't feel it was very special. At the end of the day, a cool thing with the laser, but that's about it. Yeah, Leviathan I'm, is I'm very in- different, very buggy. And now we're just doing a raid review. Um, I will say the prestige Leviathan was probably the most challenging and almost fun thing but god damn was it buggy that is well, we'll like the pinnacle of like buggy encounter for destiny we'll today. see when if we ever try the master difficulty of Ultra glass oh god oh that reminded me before we go further um i don't remember if you were there brand but some of us teamed up and we actually did the challenge mode for vault of glass day one where we're, we were basically depowered and went in and um, that was definitely, I never saw myself ever doing that as far as like the Destiny career wise goes. It was definitely challenging and I just wanted to be able to try. And uh, we got, let's see, it did how many counters? One, two. We got to Oracles. Which was that three? Three encounters? Um, but yeah, uh, we. Yeah, that was the third. That's the third encounter. Yeah, it was hard. Um, and I feel like we're pretty good Destiny players, but damn, was it challenging. Like, we had to, like, go back in a few times, rethink our strategy, and we were almost there. We were just, like, a sliver away. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't know how we would have done on Atheon. Oh, I don't, or, no idea. Or Templar. We I think Templar would have picked oh, the shit yeah. out of us. We can, uh, we can safely say that we did get Vaults of Glass loot day one. <laughs> we did. Uh, we got one oh, piece shit. of loot day one. Yeah. Um, that so, reminds me, I need to get the jacket. Um, what were you gonna say, Brian? So I wasn't there for the challenge mode. So like, what? What did it entail? Like, what? So what altered from the, the thing they did. Um, though you are depowered, which means you are capped at a certain power. Thirteen hundred. But oh, the right. raid okay. is not capped. Oh fuck. Exactly. Yeah. So you're always punching up. Yes. Always. Every single thing you're punching up. Hobgoblins were not fun. <laughs> oh no. They were one shotting um, us. That that encounter with the complexes and when Wyverns showed up, it's like stop everything. <laughs> you got Kill through all it. Wyverns. And uh it's funny because we barely made it through. I think one or two of us were still alive, and it was at the section where you just kill ads. And we're like, ah, just watching two people. Oh Even just the opening segment, I think so the op- this opening the raid, we're like, oh my gosh, this is rough. Yeah. And then at our most recent run the other day, I think none of us died, and it was like four or five minutes to get it open. Yeah. 
compared the to like the half yeah. hour or so it took for the first time. Yeah, challenge mode is is I respect anyone who made it to Atheon and passed, and just all the teams that tried. It is tough. Um, next time, I'm definitely if we try that again, I'm gonna bring all the blinding shit I can and boots of the assembler all the way. Which yeah, I will we'll say, get those if you don't have them for your warlock. We will. I mean, it's I'm man. I think that's the other like the kind of infinite curiosity of what the raid is going to be for Witch Queen. Yeah. Um, considering great. considering what Savathun is about, I expect a lot of trickery and mechanics in the raid. Yeah. Spy of Stars 2. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I feel less... Because me- mechanics you can figure out. Yeah. Like, and people can just know them. I think having randomness be part of the raid would be fun. Just fuckery. Oh, oh yeah, because be it's great. it's because you're not going to predict what Sabathin's going to do. Yeah. I imagine I having... it will lean more into switching teammates in and out of places again yeah. to get them more engaged and attentive instead of just, like, mob, you know, sitting there killing mobs, which is, you know, an essential part of the raid, but it's, it's you think more, and, and you have to work more as a team that way. I think it would be great if it were something like that, but then having the randomness, so like the Witch Creek would just do like they have like a list of like things that she can do, but then it just would be all randomized, so like every encounter doesn't start the same. I was just thinking that what if they, you did like the last encounter first <laughs> and the third, like the quote unquote third encounter? Like, second. Well, I'm, I'm not just, I'm, oh. I was thinking that I, I was thinking of more like, like each encounter, like the enemy in that encounter can do multiple things, but what they do you don't know until they do it so i think a big thing with savathun is pitting like other people against each other just to make it easier for her i'm trying to what how do you feel about at a point in the raid the team is split up evenly like three one three go one way three go another way and they have to do and each side has to do an encounter all on their own like three like a counter of like three people do their own encounter other three people do their other encounter but you make a punishment, which is if you do something wrong in your encounter, you drain abilities from the other team. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that trickery, and that's like, oh, pitting people against each other. Yep. Now Fuck ima- you, Ben. Imagine, goes a grenade. Now imagine, right. imagine your support players all on one team. Yeah. Deal with it. All get trained. Play a little smarter. That's what I want to say. I like about the new Atheon encounter. As uh, I find it pretty frustrating, but very rewarding when you finally do it. Um, you cannot sit back in the new Atheon. You no. have to be engaged. Everyone has to know what to do for better or for worse. And I know some people kind of like you know they're doing what they do, but it's just like no, you have to be engaged if you want to if you want to win. Essentially, I think that's um, something that they've gotten better at. I think that goes into like how how they've improved Baltic Glass um, just in general um, compared to Destiny One, and I feel that happened in several raids in Destiny One, and even some in Destiny Two, where like some people could just sit back and just be kind of carried a little bit. Yeah, and I understand like some people that are very like like the raids might not be clicking with them, or they're not really yeah. um, they're not really like a huge like hugely invested player. Like having those like some encounters where it's like okay someone can kind of be like helped along 
Yeah. But I think the overall you want engagement and you want in coordination. And so with the new encounter, like even especially I'm thinking with like gatekeeper. Gatekeeper, like everyone is doing something. Yeah. Definitely. Um, it kind of reminds me of uh, I know you shit on it, but uh Crown. Literally, Crown is the ultimate juggling. Okay. I will say okay. <laughs> I know I mentioned a lot of mechanics and juggling in Spire of Stars, but yeah, now I think about it. Yeah, you're right. Crown of Sorrow. There is three. Well, because it's three. It's three different teams all doing something at the same time. Yeah, and they're even while you're fighting the boss, you have to juggle your buff to not die. Yeah, uh, which I think is you know retrospect. Wow, that's really tough. But also, what the fuck? That's messed up, man. <laughs> like it's like oh, I can't even damage the boss. I gotta leave real quick. Could yeah. do the shoot the stupid ball on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that I think inspire, and of course garden are probably because there's oh, so much gosh. going on. It's challenging and not revered raids, for sure. I don't. I my brain totally didn't even like it. Just turned off garden of salvation. <laughs> yep. It is that is a big raid. It is a full size raid. But like, man, it is punishing. Well, so that's the that's the end of it. Like. The mechanics in Destiny one in Vault of Glass are big thing are like the relic hold like the relic shield you hold and the oracles. Those are like the two big mechanics of the raid. And they both work really well. Like when you shoot an oracle and you destroy it, very cemented. But then you have Garden of Salvation with this very like ethereal and not very exact tether mechanic. And it never feels good. Nope. Yeah, it doesn't. No. I'll rather like, shoot a box. I I will yeah. say, um, with the introduction of stasis, garden is not meant to handle stasis. Um, it kind of trivia trivializes some of the encounters. Also, what trivializes the last encounter, which a lot of people in Destiny dread, the sanctified mind, is breach and clear and boots of the assembler. You want to <laughs> you want to ha- make the last encounter a joke? Throw that shit on. Garden of Salvation is no longer hard. Even for new people, it's like, no, nah, you can get healed. Don't worry about making plates. Oh, yeah, the boss is already debuffed. Just blast him. He's... I mean, it was still difficult. For one, we shoved 10 people into that encounter. It was still Shit, difficult. I forgot, yeah. <laughs> that fucking encounter, though, still. <laughs> like, when we found a way to do multi-person raids, which I think was a awesome glitch someone found, and I really hope they consider even later on let's say destiny 2 is at the last leg like and their player counts really low like make it like ridiculous like that oh, yeah. like make the very last raid of this saga whatever like in lightfall make the last raid like a 12 person activity make it a six person raid that 12 people just can jump in big. just make, make it, it big make it make easy, it make huge it i want 10 bosses oh, God. oh wow you just do last Our wish fun, the final bosses we kill the darkness God. But <laughs> didn't we do that in one? With the the no, the no, no, no. Apparently not, because we have stasis. Have you, now. Ki- have you ever killed a god? <laughs> but yeah, um, it, it's cool to see how far now that we have that context of how far the the raid experience has come for Destiny, and specifically, like, and also they've made it cool too. Like, if you beat this raid, you get you you get access to swag you have to pay for. But <laughs> I mean, it's like. You get like that bragging right almost. Uh, it, it's cool, and 
I know and for sure with WoW, the rare, there was a rare factor. We have a friend named Fernando who we were bitching about in the last Overwatch one. Um, he would do raids in WoW, which has up to 50 people or more or less, whatever, which to me is mind-boggling. I can barely handle five other people in a raid, especially with Crown, Garden, Spire. It, it's tough. And even with our 10-person, 12-person Garden, it was this communication lines were blurred people were repeating weren't listening it's like oh god no wonder there isn't 12 people but you know he, he was raiding and raiding and i think the hard part of raid two is he was going for like that unachievable loot and he never got it he did like 100 whatever like 50 100 runs or whatever it's like a 0.001 percent drop rate nope didn't get his cool mount or whatever and it keeps us coming back right it's a loot game we want the mythical loot exactly exactly you know i just thought how cool do garden? mechanic would it how cool no. get divinity? I still haven't gotten divinity. Actually, I don't know. I don't think I did. Um what were you gonna say? But how cool a mechanic would be if the raid for Lightfall they did implement the bigger teams, but the mechanic was one squad of six starts on one side, another squad of six starts on the other side, and they kind of have they still kind of have to work together. In order to progress through the the raid, but then they don't meet each other until the very end. And it's like once you get to that final boss, that's when like both squads come together. So you have this like super team of guardians. Oh yeah, ready so you to could totally the boss. Yeah. So what if you do like um, it's a it's you need a team of six to go in, but they made it a match made activity where it pairs with a random other team of six. Whoa! I'd be down for that. Yeah, it'd be I'm super cool. For... It'll have like a big finale event too. Mm-hmm. It should. I'm still waiting for that tease thing we've we've been waiting for of us like going into raid and pretty much blasting a guardian, like destroying one. I'm um, waiting for so in in a lot of um FromSoft games. Uh, mainly, I'm thinking of Bloodborne. So you play as a hunter in Bloodborne, but you can also face other like. Uh, other hunters and you fight them and essentially they're just essentially just uh antagonist versions of yourself and it would be so cool if yeah if they put in like in whatever activity like you're fighting a um uh like an npc guardian that's like doing a bunch of like abilities and stuff it's like you're fighting another person that is uh an npc like imagine like the darkness just becoming embodied like in embodying just like guardian like characteristics and so like the darkness just has a physical form and like you said it ha- will have like the abilities that the players can use and so it's like not so much a crucible but it's like a whole different entity in itself like oh, imagine cool. like imagine having to fight like pseudo guardian characters that can switch through their subclasses at will. That'd be pretty cool. Absolutely. Like Ray could do all three supers at once or some shit in the lore, so it'd be cool to see other Guardians do some crazy shit we can't even think about doing or we fight against. Like, imagine just, like, having, like, a Titan throw a shield and then, like, fucking just run and, like, do a Thunder Crash. 
having... That's how I want Shax to enter a DLC. He's like, he's like, I'm calling it what? And you just there's like a group of enemies, and he just thunder crashes them. That's what I want. <laughs> I don't care if it's in the raid or a, a strike. Oh yeah, <laughs> the lightfall boss. You got twelve thunder crashes going in. <laughs> oh, reaching clear thunder crash. <laughs> but what if you I have think... twelve? What if you have twelve chaos reaches like joining the beam? Oh hell yeah! <laughs> making making the 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 supreme beam. Yeah. At some point, we do we do need to get that vanguard moment, though. Yeah, where it's like a big team. We have to get it at some point. Well, hopefully, they learn from everyone like twelve manning dead man's tail or six manning it, Um, because that was it was already a fun encounter, and we flipped it. We the community uh, flipped it on its head and made it even more fun. Especially the the master run for the catalyst. Jeez, that was <laughs> ten of ten of us in there rushing to the end, still getting our ass kicked by the teleporting boss. Mm-hmm. Fun shit. Uh, yeah. Um, I also would like them to bring back Scourge, though. Going back to that, uh, Crown. It, it's okay. Crown had its moment. I, I, it could. It could Crown stay. Can, Crown can sit. I down. think Scourge can come back. Uh, that was definitely. I think. A fun raid. Last Wish was cool. Um, my first time was very stressful. I had, I had a team that wasn't very friendly, except for the guide. So, um, yeah, Scourge is it's just overall fun. And DSC, I think, captured some of that. Not all of it. Uh, Deep Stone Crypt, the other raid, um, is cool. You know, not mechanic heavy. You know, it's opposite of Garden, the previous one. But, yeah, it's it's fun. And uh, to to bring Scourge back again, I, I think so. Of course, you fight like a giant mech too, so of course I'm partial to that shit. So, yeah, and it's weird seeing like it was weird seeing that Scourge of the Past boss integrated into like just a regular enemy. Oh yeah, yeah. Nice little throwback there. Well, not quite as big as him, but yeah. Oh no. Uh, before we wrap weird... up. Oh, go oh. ahead, Brian. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say it's also just weird seeing it in a lobby area. Oh yeah. Uh, I was going to say before we wrap up, I actually pulled up our Destiny One clears of raids. Just thought I'd drop these oh. nuggets for people. Um, I'll start with you, Brian. Um, you have six clears of Vault of Glass. One of them is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you have six clears of Crota's End. One of them is hard. And you have zero for King's Fall and Wrath of the Machine. You have tried Wrath of the Machine, Wait. though. and it, it, uh, it, it didn't count Wrath of the Machine? This is also Raid Report. It's not exactly reliable. Just saying. Because I've done but, Wrath of the Machine. That's how I got Outbreak. According to this busted thing. D- again, don't know how reliable it is. This is what it's saying. Um, but if you have Outbreak perfected or primed, then it's fucking up. Uh, <laughs> I didn't do. I didn't finish. Well, maybe maybe it's looking for like start to finish. Maybe mm, even uh, even just the boss clear would count as a clear. Yeah, fucked up then. Yeah, it's it, it's it's not a great system. I think too they improved it. Uh, for Ben, you have seven clears of Vault of Glass, uh, one hard mode. You have nine clears for Crota. Uh, one of them's hard, and you have a a trio clear. It shows. You defeated Crota with a team of three, and apparently it was me, you, and Josh. Don't know how we did it. We oh. probably cheated or something. Wait uh, <laughs> a minute. I don't know what Raider... I'm looking at 12 on my clears for Crota's end. What the heck are you looking at? 
Oh yeah, whoops, it is twelve. Whoops. Whoops. I don't know why I said that. How dare uh, you yeah, I'm sell me short. short. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's what it is. Six normal clears, three hard. And you I will say, uh Ben and I know a few of our other friends, they did like the hard clears where they gave you cool armor at the end of one. And I did not yeah, do that. I was, they I was are, over the, it. The, I was the, over the Destiny. Armor, for the, the armor you get from Curtis and for doing it hard is one of my favorite armor sets because it's so ridiculous. You get these yeah, big glowing like spikes come out of, coming out of you. You look like a powered up villain when you have that armor on. They were pretty cool, but I was like, eh, Destiny 2 is coming out. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I'm over this shit. Um, and then three clears for King's Fall. And it says zero for Rats in the Machine. But I'm oh, pretty the, sure the Rats in the Rats. Machine one was weird. We glitched it the one time. I didn't. So for, I think what happened was we killed um, Axis right when timer hit. So, but our, our raid boss loot dropped, but it didn't count the clear. I think at that moment we were all like, do we even care? We got the loot. Do we care to, do we care for the clear? And we're all like, nah. So I have done a run where I get every single loot drop, but I have not technically beat it. Ah, they'll bring it back. Interesting. Oh yeah. Then I'll do, I'll try and do the same exact thing again. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, Yep, let's see. Do I have mine? Did I put mine away? Nope, I have the two one up. <laughs> Whoops. Let's see. Uh, Don't look that? at your Deepstone Crypt raid report. Don't look at yeah. it. Oh, no. Just look away. Just look away. You're going to be sad. I have uh, seven clears of Vault of Glass. One of them was hard. I remember that's when I got Mythic Glass. Me and uh, Marcelo actually got it. Both of us had it drop, which I is rare for two Guardians to get it. Uh, Crota's end. I have a, that's where I have eight clears. I did a hard mode, I guess. Uh, had a trio. Did a. It has a flawless, so it doesn't count it, which is funny. Uh, it's probably because we glitched the. Encounter. Wait for Deepstone? No, for Crota's. For Crota's. I see a flawless for Deepstone for me. Yeah, because we it doesn't count because we switched to our char- other characters. Oh, that's right. We didn't. I don't think we even realized we were flawless. How many that's clears how do you have for Deepstone Crypt? I'll check in a second. I have three for King's Fall, two normal, one hard. I know I did that one hard for Touch of Mouse, and I was done. I was like, I'm fucking done with straight. And four for Wrath of the Machine. I know you think you needed to do hard to get the outbreak. All right. Uh, I have 42 clears for Deepstone Crypt. Hell yeah. I was chasing Isa tomorrow. And guess what? I got it, and it's fucking sitting in my vault. Good job, me. Barely use it. <laughs> hey. Its utility have- is low. I have 52 clears on Deepstone Crypt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Deepstone was fun, so. Well, yeah, because I was doing it, and then, like, I started taking, like, Joel and other people through the raids, like, hey, I'm doing all these challenges. And so basically, it's like I kind of influenced, like, everyone that was we were doing raids with to all get the title for that raid. Because, like, we're already doing them anyway. I mean, it's not a hard raid either. I think that's what helps. No, it's, it's, a hard, it's an enjoyable raid. Yeah. And the mechanics are that for those challenges were like it, they were good challenges. It's like, oh, this is kind of fun to do it a different way. The hardest one was we cheesed it, and it was easy <laughs> to cheese. Yeah. Um, I, well, I mean, you did the last, probably the most difficult of challenges or titles, which was Last Wish, because that's the last one that required a flawless run yeah. to get the seal. Yeah. Garden had one, and they took it out. I know yes. people were pissed about that, but well, yeah. I mean, yeah, people were pissed, but also like doing garden, like flawless. Fuck that, flawless. No <laughs> way. Fuck that. 
Good on you if you did it flawless. Cool with your your shader you got. Good on you. Yeah. Good on <laughs> you God for doing damn. that. No you way. You got more patience than I could ever have. But yeah, I I did do last wish flawless. Uh, interesting encounters for sure <laughs> in itself. Uh, last wish is pretty fun. You basically fight like the quote unquote dragon of destiny too. Um, she's pretty cool. Um, I still to this day haven't done that encounter legit. <laughs> I do the cheese. Uh, I mean, Bungie, Bungie recognizes it's legit, so it's not going to say anything about that. Um, yeah, I had a guy. <laughs> so I was ra- this guy. Uh, I was raiding with a lot. He did it, but then this other guy brought in. He's like, "Who used the mountaintop?" Because he blew himself up, and if you kill yourself or you die, you have to restart the raid. There's a wish you put in. You put in a code to do the raid flawless. And <laughs> this guy was like bitching at this other guy. And then the day I actually got my flawless, this guy, um, two times, one encounter, this guy's like, oh, my battery's died. I just didn't want to tell you acoustic. I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) And then another guy was like, yo, watch my body. I got to go somewhere. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Worst fucking time to hear that, but we still did it. Excellent. Um, I will say, if you're going to ever attempt a flawless, um, try to go in with the same people who know the encounters. Be ready for fuck-ups. Be ready for some good moments. And the funny thing about a flawless is it's actually fast because <laughs> you're you're doing a flawless. No one's dying. Everything's going. Yeah, right. you're, you're steaming through these encounters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Last Wish has a special place in my heart. Um, but <laughs> yeah, because I, I eventually did it so much. I was like chasing one guy. I was like, oh, I ended up doing some of these challenges, collecting stuff. I guess I can finish it. So that's how that happened. Everybody remembers their first. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, my first last wish. Ugh. 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 Oh yeah, that was rough. <laughs> first yeah. garden. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Well, our vault to glass talk became a raid talk, but that's okay. It's the hardest, I think, activities to do, but could also be the most rewarding. And when you eventually you do it enough, it just it's easy. Eventually. I think the big thing, I think, echoing what I said before, like, it is a unique thing. Like, the raids in Destiny are a unique thing for a first-person shooter. Yep. Oh, yeah. For sure. And that's why... That's why I give them a lot of money. That's why I open my wallet every month. Oh, <laughs> uh, I just want to do a shout-out real quick to uh, people who are uh, dicks in raids. Get fucking booted. If you're if you're on a team and you're with some guy who's like being a dick or a girl or a person, them, uh, fucking boot them. <laughs> don't hesitate. Oh, yeah, it's not worth don't, it. Yeah, don't it's, take their shit. It's I've done it's enough not, raids now where I'm just time like, fuck this. It's not worth the like. Well, we need someone to complete it. No, fuck that. Pick someone up who's better, and that's what usually happens. <laughs> that happened a lot. That coincides <laughs> with. Yeah. That coincides with the uh, equally great feeling of joining a team, or like ra- like just randomly joining a team for a raid. Mm-hmm. One guy's being an ass, and then everyone else that's like who is there, like who they play with, is recognizing that, and they just kick them. Because <laughs> I've had that encounter where one person was being an ass. They fucked up, and someone else joined in in their stead, and it was a lot easier. Oh yeah, I think I think there's been many co- 
occasions that it's happened. I still remember the the last wish one. Oh God, with the racist. <laughs> Great. <sighs> and Ben's oh, like, yeah. I don't know about this guy. I'm like, don't worry, Ben. We'll take care of it. <laughs> I think like as I as I said that, I saw the notification that he's gone. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, we, Very we used good him for the encounter. He's like, "Oh yeah," and I just we just hear the cut and we're like, "Yeah, <laughs> get fucked, get out of here." If you're gonna play a game with people, like be a team player. If it if you're stressed out, like yeah, sure, it happens to me too. Sometimes I say some like weird bad shit. Um, fucking take a break. Go do something else. You know, distance yourself for a bit. Like if you're gonna play with yeah. people, don't be a dick. It, it's not that Absol- hard. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Especially like with your when you're with like strangers too. Yeah. Oh, I always put on like the best. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm an ass when playing with you guys, but I put on my best behavior when I'm playing with random people I don't know because I don't want to. Because you don't want to be that person that's like, oh, okay. Like you don't want to push the boundary. You don't know what goes, in, goes into is. the deeper feeling of like, oh, I want to make sure that I'm being that like of of being accepted. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, okay, I'm gonna act nice and everything, so that they don't kick me because I really want this encounter. I I just is like it. Also, it's, I think it's a point of desperation where you're like, I just want to do this raid, so I'm gonna right. like not make a fuss. I, I've been there before. Also, I've also been on the opposite end, so it's like, man, fuck this. I'm like, man, that's not cool. <laughs> and someone's so like, oh, <laughs> someone's speaking up. Fuck yeah. <laughs> or like. I think it's also like the worry. This now is divulging into like the world of LFG, oh LFGs. But like, you don't want to like. I think when you join a random team, you don't want to be the first person that fucks up. Because then you're like, oh, oh. never, no. Because then you're like, never. oh, I okay. You guys might as well kick me now. It's like I'll just leave. That's I'll okay. just leave, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> but as soon as like one of the people that's already there fucks up, you're like, okay, okay. I can mess up maybe once <laughs> and they won't kick me because no way, no way would they have double standards for their friends versus a stranger. No way. <laughs> Actually, I feel people are more harsh on their friends when it comes to that. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely like you nice. should know this. Get out of here. Oh yeah. Oh, it's a complete 180 because you could be their friends like, man, you're fucking garbage. What the hell are you doing? And then when the stranger's like, oh, no, don't oh, yeah. worry. Cool. That's, the, that's the friend rapport. Right. Don't worry. Uh, I've had that before where I was playing with a bunch of like British school kids and they all kept like talking shit to each other. It was probably my favorite LFG I ever joined. <laughs> I remember that story. It's so good. Yeah, yeah man. I don't, LFG. I don't LFG that much anymore. Things. I mean, hopefully we don't need to. I, mean, I, I used to. We do have enough too, people that are regularly like available for raids, that, yeah. or they at least can coordinate to do raids. Yeah, it's it's nice too. No, no disrespect to LFGers, but when you have a core group, it's just that much easier. Unless you have to deal with bigots or people who are like toxic. Oh goodness. Unless, you, unless uh, Joel, you decide to become a bigot, and then then we have to deal with you. <laughs> I mean, that's a whole another crisis. Right. Right. What'd you say? Oh yeah. Well, oh, we, no, we would have to. We would have to, <laughs> we have to just stop. Have to ban the clan leader. We would have to. We would have to disguise an intervention with a raid. God, <laughs> please no. Exactly. Wait, why are we doing garden for fun, guys? Oh no. 
Oh, we're here no. today. We're all sitting. We're emoting in chairs. So you were a bigot. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. I think uh, we we touched uh, the raid business pretty well, and uh, oh, yeah. we touch upon E3. Um, of course, fun, exciting things on the way. Um, the future future's looking good for Destiny, of course. And, I don't uh, think it's all going other anywhere. Coming out. Yeah, uh, exciting DLCs, bringing back uh, old things. They they've done a good job of reincorporation, and I'm pretty sure they will continue to. Um, well, we'll see what the future holds for all these fun things. Um, any last mm-hmm. thoughts for Vaults of Glass before we move on to the future? They should have let us push off Atheon still. Uh, you still yes. can apparently with grenades if you spin really? them. Uh, apparently. Yeah, but it's more difficult. I it was a lot easier. Apparently, you don't get the clear, though. <laughs> so. Oh, okay. That's how they got around it. Yeah, yeah. You don't get the clear if you push yeah, them. I just want to push off my fucking glass machine, Monster Man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. All right. Well, this has been a very good conversation that I know that can probably go on for <laughs> a few more hours. Yeah. Yep. I think it's a good stopping point. I agree. Um, but yeah, I guess, uh, is there any kind of plugs anybody wants to do? Yeah. Anything you want to plug, Ben? Anything upcoming up? You have new projects or anyone you want to shout out or a group? No, not really. Not even you guys. Don't <laughs> listen to this. This is a bad one, guys. <laughs> Why? <laughs> this one was a bad one. Don't listen to it. <laughs> Why are you here? Our first anti-plug. There's for more podcasts. All right, this is a lost episode, Brian. Never mind. Cut this. Cut this. The second, the second lost episode. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Just when we're talking about any last thoughts or vault of glass, just just cut it right there. Yes. Uh, um, just just uh, keep this. Keep the podcast, but uh, meticulously cut my audio out, so everyone thinks they're just talking. Like you guys are talking to a ghost or something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> No, nothing. I don't do anything online that much. No. That's cool. I can plug the musical I'm working on. It's going to be at the Kirkland Performance Center. I don't remember the dates. I don't remember <laughs> when it's happening. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's, not, it's not like it's your job or anything. Yeah. Well, no, it I'm isn't my job to know the dates. It isn't my job to know them. Not yet. I mean, to show up, mm. yeah. But... <laughs> yeah, but I, won't, I don't need to know that yet. That's true. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so go see Abraham's Landing, Kirkland Performance Center, sometime in June. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, sure it's a good musical. I'll know later. Know when it happens. Well, I'll well, I'm part of the. I'm also running the. I'm doing. I think they're on their flyman for the show as well. So I'll know right. the show before it comes out. Right. Okay. Cool. That's it. Cool, cool. All right. What about you, Joel? Uh, find me uh, Acoustic Avenger on Twitch. Acoustic Avenger on Twitter, but the I is a one. Usually I'm retweeting whatever Brian puts out and whatever uh, United We Nerd uh, Twitter puts out. Also, uh, as we said earlier, Mad Mech Monster Mind on uh, various streaming platforms for music. All right, Brian, where can we find us and you? Well, you can find me. On Twitter, Instagram at Brian Saber. That's with the the R E. Also on Twitter, um, the same the same name. Um, and for the podcast, uh, we have a Twitter at uh, United, uh, United underscore We Nerd on Twitter. 
And if you'd like to send us feedback or any questions, uh, we have an email, uh, unitedwenerdcast at gmail.com. We really appreciate any feedback or any conversations that y'all want to have. And I believe coming up, we have a Bad Batch review, episodes uh, one through five. Yep. Talking about. um, And before that, we have a few episodes that you can catch up on. We have a Invincible review for season one. And we also have our Overwatch roundtable that we did. It's pretty fun. Um, Those both were fun. Yeah. And, of course, just keep looking out for newer episodes coming out uh, in the future. But, yeah. As for that, I think we Guardians can rest now. Yes. Until the can next we? raid. Wait. <laughs> Penumbra and Sumbra. <laughs> I gotta be Curia. I can't, I can't take a break. Parallel. Um, uh, fuck, I forgot the other ones. Was it uh, Cap? Cup. Sun, dog, axes, superior uh, retainer. Uh, team one, go right. <laughs> this one, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, four core, four core method. Four core. Um, uh, our, our, our uh, uh, orange, orange right. Four. Make their own fate. <laughs> okay. That is probably the coolest like buff that or like the coolest line, line that you get from a uh, raid. Guardians make their own fate. Coolest line in the whole series. All right, we're done. That's true. All right, cut Thank it out. You. All right. See you guys later. See you later. Goodbye.